everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Women in Tech SEO podcast. I'm Marie Jabali and I am the founder of Women in Tech SEO. Today's episode is all about setting client expectations. And joining me today is the brilliant Billy Hyde, who is SEO training lead at the SEO Works. Hey, Billy. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm brilliant. Thank you. This season is sponsored by Screaming Frog. Screaming Frog developed crawling and log file analysis software for the SEO industry and wanted to support the Women in Tech SEO podcast as listeners to the show. They are keen to support and promote technical SEO women in the industry and would like to use this sponsor slot to offer an open invitation for contributors in the Women in Tech SEO community to write for the Screaming Frog blog. If you're keen on being heard by a large technical SEO audience, then do drop them an email with a pitch via support at screamandfrog.co.uk. Yeah, it's so great to have you with us. You're super, super active in the industry. You're so active in the community. So I'm really, really happy that we get to talk together today on WTS Podcast. Me too. I'm just like fangirling over you. So, <laughs> well, can you can you tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? How you got into the world of SEO? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I'm Billy Hyde, or if you follow me anywhere online, it's Billy Gina. Um, can't use my real name because of SEO. There's a uh, someone more famous, like like famous musician kind of guy with the same name. Ruined oh. It <laughs> um. So I'm the training lead at the SEO Works. So my job's to basically find ways for us to do SEO more efficiently, teach the rest of the department, as well as training people that are new to the industry and getting them their start here as well. Um, I also, I have a split role, so I'm also a senior account manager as well. So I look after a handful of clients and yeah, have the usual stress that, every agency SEO has basically as well. Yeah, I can imagine. And have you always been agency side? No, so I did used to work in-house. I did that for about a year. Yeah. And I just found that, so I was also, um, I'd worked on the training side there after working as a content SEO for a while. But in in-house, in certain places, there's just very little growth and you're stuck in the kind of ruts. So tried agency don't think I'm ever gonna go back I don't know oh wow I love it I know it's it's very very different for different people like some people are more you know team in-house and others are more team agency I can imagine especially with your role being very training driven it completely makes sense to be on the agency side and I love that your company has a, a training lead role that's really exciting yeah it's really fun it's really like, like most places um SEO just took off for our agency over the pandemic Um, and because of the skills shortage it just made sense of having me do this to get people who aren't currently in the SEO world into it Um, it's been working really well for us so yeah that makes a lot of sense because I know how difficult it is as well right now recruitment and hiring and bringing on new people so the fact that you have you know dedicated time and resource into training people who might be new for SEO that's that's definitely such a critical role to have. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's it, it, it just it just makes sense. I just can't believe we didn't think of it before. Yeah. Oh, well, that's really exciting. And you know, this this would actually be the perfect question for you. Um, what advice would you give for women who are starting out in the industry, brand new? 
Um, my best advice is don't try to learn everything at once. That's what I did when I first came into the industry and I burnt myself out. I, I got confused with all the different acronyms and terms. Um, I recommend specializing in one area to start with. So I started in content and now I'm a technical SEO when I am doing agencies like that kind of work. So pick a niche to learn, but don't stick to it. Just taking as much information you can from anyone that will give it you uh, but don't don't limit yourself to just one area yeah I think that's such great advice and you're right it can be so overwhelming when when someone is initially starting out and there's so many different sites to SEO and it's important to take your time discovering the different parts and then making sure that oh yeah this is something I'd actually like to specialize in more as as opposed to trying to learn everything in such a short period of time uh, yeah absolutely Awesome. Well, we're here today to talk about setting client expectations. I love that you put that idea forward. You know, was there a specific reason? I imagine you have a lot of clients that you tend to work with. But what what inspired you to want to talk specifically about this topic with us today? I just think clients are, are wild, basically. I think for any campaign, my first three months of it are just trying to make a client understand SEO and why what they think is the the ultimate goal potentially isn't and I think SEO is just a big education piece for really everyone and having expectations there makes our jobs easier makes the clients understand what they're spending the money on better yeah 100% definitely so in terms of your current agency setup how do you work with clients right now on a day-to-day basis So I have between five and 12 clients at any given time, all with different sized um, hours of of how like client hours for them, for me to work on them. And for me, I tend to work more on the project lead and the technical consultancy side. Um, So we tend to work as part of a team and we, I'll spend a lot of my time talking to them, uh, feeding back data from any reports we do. Um, and just explaining the things that we're doing and why we're doing them. And yeah, I just dot from client to client. I can't work on one website for like a whole day. I get so like bored in one task. So it's it really suits me having just just a big range. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I, I can imagine then why agency side definitely suits you more than in-house. <laughs> you would completely lose your mind if you were just looking at one website the whole time. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Um at one point when I was in-house, I was just trying to get the team to play Pictionary with me most days. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, with how many people, so you're the SEO account manager when you're working on specific clients. Um, do you have more SEO specialists who kind of work alongside you on the account or are you fully focused on that one client? So I tend to have other people on the account with me. So um, there's normally normally between like three and six of us. Um, and um, everyone's kind of got the things they prefer to do. So for me, I like if someone prefers to do content technical, I'll give them as much content as they want. That's my least favorite thing to do. So they can take it. It's really good, actually, because you know everyone's skill sets, but you can also might be just my training side kicking in. But I, I try to push people to do the things that they're not necessarily confident in. So I might give them a tech audit to do and then I'll go through it with them like 
we do tend to try to put specialists on everything um, to, to fit the client's needs. Um, but for me, I tend to just push people into trying new things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, you know, it's really, really important to help others get a little bit out of their comfort zone as well and work on new things. And let's say, you know, you're starting a brand new relationship with a client. Um, you've just onboarded them. How do you go about setting some high-level KPIs from the start? Um, so the first thing you want to do is under, to just talk to the client about their goals. Like, don't even put KPIs into it until you know their goals. Um, sometimes what they want us to work on isn't realistic, isn't actually going to help them. There's, there's all sorts of factors. So I think having that wider picture will help you set those goals. Like, um, if most of the time it's to make more sales but the the thing that they want you to report on could be revenue but what you should really be looking at is okay where are people coming in how long are they staying on for like what what they're asking for might not be what's right and you've just got to really like delve into that and get as much data and understanding of the client and their niche in the industry and then you can figure out your KPIs from there I personally try to avoid KPIs where possible. Like I don't make any promises. Not every client likes that, obviously, but I do find it helps to just not set anything concrete. Yeah. And do you feel that sometimes, you know, some clients would ask for KPIs that might be a little bit out of our control? And so those are ones that are probably difficult to sign off from the start. Yeah, I've had occasions where I've had a client come in who needs a lot of technical SEO work doing before we can do anything basically uh, like the website's just a mess the navigation doesn't work things like that and the client's just being like okay so how many links a month can you guarantee me um, and one I don't promise links I'm not a digital PR I can get them but I can't put any promises on there for you and like it, it, it's just a bit counterproductive yeah, especially when there's a lot of legacy behind these websites, right? Because I've, yeah, when I used to work in agency side before, we always used to have a similar problem where, you know, a client might come in and right away we're talking about, oh, you know, we, we want to boost traffic that comes through such, you know, high commercial keywords. But then you actually look and you realize this is going to take months and months and months of legacy problems to actually be technically fixed, before we can even start thinking about the content or the link building or any of those sides. That's, that's, you've just described my life, basically. <laughs> and that's why I've left agency side. <laughs> why do I like this? I'm just <laughs> realizing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. It can be. But I mean, in general, I'm sure you have, uh, maybe let's talk about the good side initially um, with, with clients who you do, you know, they, they manage to see a really positive impact and an uplift you know, what's that like generally? How, how, how does that communication turn around? I'm guessing through like a lot of reporting and so forth. How does it best work from your end? The best way to turn it around and, and be able to get through that is just by communicating with them regularly. Um, so whenever I get a new client, my, the first two, three months, I will talk to them weekly. I try to keep them in the loop. And then as they start to trust me more and see that I actually am doing things, I'll probably start communicating with them less. I'll uh, report on things once a month. I'll do that anyway, like do a full big report. 
And then once the client gets to know you after a few months of, of, of that rapport, it, it's just amazing when you are getting them results for them consistently and like how happy they are with with the work you've done. I particularly really like working on small businesses um, because that's their livelihood that you can really see them like when it's working it there's so much joy and they're so like appreciative um, but it, it's so rare to just immediately have that kind of like connection with a client and it, it does take a lot of work and trust yeah 100 percent. and I imagine like on the other side you know you might unfortunately have clients that are a little bit more difficult than normal um how, how do you tend to you know attempt to turn that relationship around I think honesty is the best thing you can do in them situations. I'm currently having an ongoing situation like that at the moment. And um, although the things aren't going too well for the client's campaign, because we're very limited of what we can do, it's like custom CMS and just all a nightmare. No, nothing seems to be working right. And the client's not overly happy because things aren't happening as quick as they want to. But they are appreciating that I'm honest and like, so this is happening. I'm not making excuses. This is the work we've done. This is how we hope it'll resolve this issue. And it's better for us to have this like downward moment now while it's not peak season and make these changes and it, it just be honest about it. Like, and don't be afraid to just, if you've tried absolutely everything with a client, sometimes it's not SEO. Just say, that like, it, this isn't an, an, an us problem kind of thing. Like, that's prob- don't go say this isn't an us problem. They'll block you and complain. Um, <laughs> but like, sometimes it's not SEO. We can't fix everything. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, being honest is really, really important with that because there is no, there is no reason to continue taking budget and retainers and so forth from clients if it feels like there's a, there's a bigger problem there or, there's something else that they need to be looking at or there's other resources that they need to be prioritizing. Absolutely. And a big issue with 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 clients sometimes is that they'll come in wanting results instantly. Um, that's something that I've dealt with quite a lot and that they can't get that from SEO. You're not going to rank number one in two days. So like say what it, it's what they're expecting isn't right. Talk to them about it. Say what is achievable and suggest other things. So like, if they're like an interior design company, that's a really like satur- oversaturated market. So don't say just do SEO, tell, advise them to use Pinterest. It, or if it's like a makeup client, like tell them to use a PPC, like look at the market as a whole, because sometimes there's just no SEO answer or depending on the client size, we can't do it. So put them on to, to a, different method where they can yeah definitely makes sense and I know this is something that you talk a lot about as well but you know being agency side how do you go about building relationships with developers who are sat in the client side so I found this is actually like an art form like (laughs) I thought it'd be so easy like SEOs developers it shouldn't be a problem I think that that's because I came from like an in-house place before what had such a push on SEO. Well, it turns out there is such a distrust uh, between SEOs and developers. So for me, talk the develop like don't talk the developers language. Like speak to them in in just like 
normal terms like if you try to put everything into um like jargon for their industry and you're not an expert in that it's just going to come across a bit gobbledygook like just get as much detail and information and, and knowledge behind anything you want to take to a developer and then put it out in common terms so the developer can understand it but also your like main contacts with the client can understand it as well um, and that'll just help because you're not coming in trying to look like you know everything and you're trying to do the developer's job if you do that the developer just doesn't trust you and no matter how hard you try how many like smiley faces I've put on my emails they, they don't like me ever again so just provide all the information you can explain why it affects SEO just treat them like humans like they're not although they can be a bit gatekeepery but you're so right though I think especially in the bit where you know we we ne- we wouldn't want as SEOs developers or, or other people in general from other principles coming in and claiming to know you know what is right and what is not for SEO and claiming to be the experts in that which is exactly what you're saying in terms of we don't want to go to developers and pretend that we understand the rules better than they do because you know it's just disrespectful isn't it absolutely yeah yeah but that's you know I, I know how challenging it can be especially when you're agency side because even within house you do have your challenges you're still trying to work with the tech team especially if you're sat in marketing being agency side is even more challenging because the tech team on the client side might have a lot of priorities other than the ones that are coming through the agency. So yeah, like the more, the, I think the more we talk about this as an industry in general, the more helpful it would be. And it just goes back to your education piece as well, right? Where as long as everyone has a clear understanding of why we're doing this and what we're doing it for, and everyone's aligned, then it, that really, really helps. Yeah, no, it's absolutely that. The more we talk about it and the more we talk to developers and more we talk in simpler terms for for the clients as well and just make SEO more accessible and understandable for the different industries and knowledge levels, the easier our job gets. And it's obviously way easier to do in-house because you're, you're there, you've got easy access to everyone. In an agency, I do think we're almost in our own little world. Like we just obsess about SEO basically, and we don't think about the other teams um, that that our clients have and the processes that they have. We're just like, okay, this needs doing. Let's get it done. Yeah, I think I only fully understood and appreciated that when I, when I moved in house because I was agency side for five years, and when I moved in house and we were working with an agency, and for me it was just one thing off my to do list where it was like, okay, there's this one thing that the agency asked me to do, but then there's 10 other things that I need to do from internal teams. And the levels of how you can prioritize this or how much time you put into it or so on. Um, but I guess that that leads me to the question of um, if there are recommendations that you put forward that you know are high priority, how do you manage to get buy-in for them to get implemented? Um, so I've got a few different ways that I do this. So my go-to way is to put everything into a spreadsheet. That's my go-to for everything, basically. Um, but I'll break down the key areas, like what the issue is, what area the issue is affecting, how it affects SEO, how, like, and all the different knock-on effects it has with the different, I'll also provide evidence of how widespread it is. And then I'll, I also give everything like a priority score. I'll I'll, I'll share the te- spreadsheet template as well of this, but it, it's, 
it's just such a massive help being able to break it down and I can highlight the areas that I know will be important to the developer so what what the client will see and care about even if it's on the same thing is different to what the developer will see and care about so if I can break it down so it's easily understandable and has like some suggestions of a a, a way we can resolve this it, it just tends to get picked up and get uh, makes it into the pipeline quicker um but again that doesn't always help it depends on what the issue is i've recently with with one client they painfully decided to change all of their links to be served through javascript so i i've been speaking with their development team to get that changed back to, back to html and they were like oh it seems like a lot of work yeah, i'm not sure blah 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 um, I kept trying to explain the SEO effects, but I, no matter how much I broke it down, it wasn't really saying anything. So for things like that, for, for if, if something's like actively dropping out of rankings and it's an e-commerce store, uh, you can work out kind of the estimate of how much they, they're losing on an issue like that, like for month. And if you can put it into a monetary value, that will get it pushed through so much quicker. So I worked out that this client was losing around £110,000 a month, which I, I couldn't buy anything I want, basically, with that much money. That's, like, wild to me. And they was like, oh, yeah, I don't know about fixing it. But as soon as I put that number to it, they, they fixed it. Like, um, But that that took three months to get to that stage. Yeah, but that's so important. I mean, I, I'm so glad you actually brought up that point because there's – there's such a difference between us saying, oh, you know, you could potentially rank position three for this keyword that has, I don't know how much search volume, like it's just something. But then when you say, you know, you are literally losing this amount of money every month by not fixing this issue, like that is guaranteed a sign off. So that that's such a great way to frame it. Yeah, like I, I do traditionally try to avoid putting monetary values to things, but there's some problems where... It, you need to do that and as soon as yeah the developer might not take that ish number on straight away but as soon as someone in marketing or anyone higher sees that number they've got an entire company coming on at the development team and I do feel bad for them but that's what we did <laughs> and they, they, they fixed it yeah and it's for the benefit of the business as a whole so definitely no no reason to feel bad and I think in general with development and tech teams for them it's just about priority if someone, if the business goes to them and says, this is now your number one priority, that's fine. You know, they're going to shift towards that. But probably up until that point, they were being told other stuff is priority. Yeah, definitely. Like they're, they follow like strict pipelines or they might work like in agile methods or whatever. Um, so they all just focus on the what the business wants to focus on. Um, and they've got it coming from everyone. Um, and you've got to like remember that. And it is hard to do as coming from an agency that there is probably the CEO going on at the development team, the marketing team want a landing page for something they're doing. Like there's all sorts happening, but if we can put real value to what our issues will, what, what, to whatever we're trying to suggest, we'll get it implemented. But I can promise that a developer doesn't care about ranking number two yeah. or number one or whatever. Um, they don't care about search volume. They care about, real figures yeah although that is real but you know you know what I mean 
Yeah, no, no, completely understandable. And, you know, I think a really nice way to wrap up, and I know this is something that you wanted to touch on as well, was SEO can get super challenging. It can get very overwhelming. So, you know, what advice would you give and how do you generally keep a strong SEO mindset throughout it, it does get difficult with, with keeping a strong mindset with clients and when things aren't going right. But what it's almost like become a mantra for me. I have to t- tell myself that I am the expert. I've been hired for this reason. They've not, I've not been hired to do what they're telling me to do. I've been hired to, to make them rank and make their website better. And I, I just tell myself that so much that I've maybe got like a bit of a deluded complex about it I think I'm literally an expert in everything now but just remind yourself that you know what you're doing you're not blagging you're you're not lying to them you're not trying to manipulate them you know what you're doing and you're doing a good job and if it's not showing that yet it will do down the line yeah I love that like I remember being so nervous in some of my very first um, meetings with clients and over time, I, I just started telling myself before I go to these meetings, I'm probably the most person who knows anything about SEO in that room, right? Because I'm speaking to, I don't know, business founders or marketing managers or so on, but I, I am the only SEO expert in the room. So anything you do say is going to bring value. So you're, you're completely right. It's so important for us to keep reminding ourselves of that. Yeah, and keep doing it. Like It doesn't matter if you've been doing this like 10, 15 years keep reminding yourself keep knowing you're the boss at what you do like yeah you're smashing it yeah absolutely I love that so Billy for anyone who wants to learn more about you and stay in touch what's the best way for them to do that um so you can find me literally anywhere online under the name Billy Gina that's Billy with an IE at the end and Gina with two E's I could just spell my name but made it more difficult (laughs) <laughs> no we'll we'll link to all your handles yeah. um in the show notes but yeah i i love following you and i love all the all the things that you share um so and thank you so much for joining us today i so insightful and i really hope you enjoyed your time i did it was the best thank you so much for having me on yeah thank you billy and thanks everyone for joining us you know we're out with a new episode every tuesday we always chat to a new brilliant woman on a new seo topic And you can find us on all podcast platforms. So please do subscribe. You can learn more about Women in Tech SEO through womenintechseo.com. And you can learn more about our podcast and listen to our older episodes there. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Billy. Thank you.